The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, January 4th, 2021. The woman in your life will do what she must do to comfort you and calm you down and let you rest now. The woman in your life, she can rest so easily. She does everything you do because the woman in your life is you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holtz, and I am your host. With me at the board is my friend, my partner, and engineer, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Morning. Happy New Year. Well, we made it 2021 and I'm ready for some changes along with letting go of 2020 for heaven's sake. This has been one of the toughest, roughest, roughest years in my life and I know the life of many, many of my listeners. But you know, now we're into 2021 and we have all kinds of, you know, we have a new president coming in. We have a new vice president coming in. We have all kinds of different things that are happening in the area. Congratulations to all those folks who were, uh, who were sworn in on the Sonoma County uh, City Council, excuse me, Santa Rosa City Council, and also the Sonoma County Board of Supervisors. So it's, it's going to be a very, very interesting year, and to give us some ideas and tools on how to kind of cope with what happened to 2020 and yet move forward in a strong place in 2021. I have invited a special guest. Joining me on the phone this morning will be Reverend Dr. Patricia Keel who is a longtime student of metaphysics and a spiritual teacher in the mystical tradition. Patricia was the founding minister of the Unity of Berkeley and is currently a frequent guest minister at Unity Churches. I myself am personally study with Unity, and uh, uh, Reverend Patricia Keel will explain all the principles of Unity and, and give us some ideas on how to go forward in a very strong and positive way in 2021. One, you know, I found. Uh, you know, I love. I love Facebook. I mean, I'm telling you, with this pandemic, thank God we have our friends on Facebook to to communicate with and for them to give us some good ideas. Well, there was a 2020 closing prayer, and I thought I would read it before I made announcements, just to give us again a little perk. You know, we we're we're just coming out of a, a craziest year, and it's even the beginning of the year is crazy. I mean, I can't believe that that there's still they're still debating whether the election was was legitimate or not. I mean, my God, we went to how many 50 courts, you know, and the Supreme Court and you name it, and they're still debating whether it's going to happen or not. So it gives us all a sense of uh, insecurity. Uh, and sometimes I feel excited. And other times I feel insecure. Other times I feel depressed. Other times I say, forget it. You know, it's, it's just a whole gamut of emotions. But I thought in reading this closing prayer, it might help myself as well as my listeners out there. And it's, uh, it's written by a, an energy company and I, I really don't know who they are. They didn't give me any identifiers. So here we go. The 2020 closing prayer. I thank the universe for the valuable lessons, healing, growth, and soul alignment. I release all bad memories, past hurt, disappointments, and any other negativities that I still carry from my current life. By switching off the past and letting go, I set my soul free and make room for new blessings to enter my life. 
I'm ready to level up on all levels. I believe that 2021 includes includes miracles big enough to shift my entire life for the better. With more love, true love, good fortune, divine abundance, health, wealth, success, and joy. So Happy New Year. That's the 2020 closing prayer. Kind of just say, you know, it's behind me. I'm going to move forward. And we're going to have a very, very interesting discussion with Reverend Patricia Keel. I actually heard her several times, and she's very, very inspiring to me. And that was why I decided to bring her on to Women's Spaces. Well, I have a few announcements to make. And the first one is, of course, it was happening on January 10th. I had Mara uh, uh, on last week, who was part of the Sonoma County Climate Activist Community. And they're going to be having a summit on Sunday, January 10th from 2 to 5 p.m. It's going to be an interactive Zoom. It's free. Of course, donations are welcome. Everyone is invited. And you can go to www.sonomacountycan, and can is in cap, all capital letters, dot org. So that's the Sonoma County Climate Activist Network. Dot org. So it's sonomacountycan.org. And, uh, they're really excited. They're in there. What you're going to do is register. And when you register, they will send you the information, all the Zoom information. And coming up again on January 18th is going to be Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday. And we will be having next week, I will be having Tina Rogers on. And she's going to be talking about this wonderful event that's happening this year. It's going to be happening on Sunday, January 17th from 7 to 9 p.m. And, of course, it's going to be a Zoom. I mean, we're no longer boomers. We are now Zoomers, <laughs> if you know what I mean. So, anyway, it's going, to be a, it's going to be a free virtual event online via Zoom. And also, it'll be on YouTube and also Facebook. And that's going to be Sunday, January 17th, 2021, from 7 to 9 p.m. And the, uh, the theme is, where do we go from here? And I'm looking here. Well, this is very interesting. If you, you can contact... Uh, Attila Nagy and his email is Z-E-N-E-K-A-R at Comcast.net make your reservation and they will send you all the information on the Zoom and they have quite a bit a tremendous tremendous lineup of many many people that are going to be talking and you know it's really interesting there's a wonderful quote that they have on their um, on their flyer Love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. And that was that was a quote from Dr. Martin Luther King. And I also want to just mention the mission of the Martin Luther King Jr. Birthday Celebration Committee is to promote community awareness of the philosophy, practices, and the contributions of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I can just close my eyes and I can just... I can just see that day when they announced that he was no longer with us. I mean, it was such an impact. I mean, I love the man. I love what he had to say. I love what he accomplished. I loved his honesty, his straightforwardness, and his spirituality. He understood. He understood what it was all about, and he could relay it in such a beautiful, articulate way. Well, that's a lot to think about, and... I mean, life is, life is a very interesting journey. 
that's all I can say. You know, as I've mentioned to many of my my viewers, you know, last year I had my 80th birthday. Now I'm going into my 81st. And I'll tell you, when I look at it and I look back on it, I know things have a way of working out for one reason or another. It just it just happens to work out the way it's supposed to be. Well, like I try to do every Monday, we talk about our history is our strength. Well, some really interesting things happened in this last week. And that is on January 5th, 1925, Nellie Taylor Ross was inaugurated as the first woman governor in the United States history. And that was she was the governor of the state of Wyoming. Man, what an honor, right? Another another special day was on January 7th, 1955. Marian Anderson is the first African-American woman to sing at the Metropolitan Opera. And also one of the things about Marian Anderson is that uh, Eleanor Roosevelt got her to sing on the White House uh, steps. And that was the introduction. I mean, it was such a big deal because she was an African-American woman. And they just weren't in opera or any of those things. And here, Marian Anderson in 1955 was the first African-American woman to sing at the Metropolitan Opera. Amazing. Well, here's a real interesting woman that I am very familiar with because in, in the 1970s, she actually wrote the mission statement for the National Organization for Women. And that's Anna Polly Polly Murray, who was the first African-American woman ordained to the Episcopal uh, priesthood by Bishop William F. Craigton in Washington at the Washington National Cathedral in Washington, D.C. So that was quite an honor. I mean, the first woman ordained as a minister and also to be an African-American woman. What an accomplishment. And then also what she did for the National Organization for Women was really, really exquisite. Uh, during Women's History Month in March, you know, I'm going to read some of the things that she wrote. So it's very, very, very interesting woman. And of course, uh, Birthdays, And on January 3rd, there's two birthdays that happened. The first birthday that happened was Lu- Lucetta Mott, who was the woman's right pioneer. She was a Quaker, a minister, and a, path- a pacifist, and really had an impact on the women's movement. You know, it took us uh, 72 years from the first time that they had their first meeting until we finally got the vote. But what's so interesting about this is January 3rd, and I don't know, I couldn't find what year, is our a local hero that we have here in Sonoma County. Uh, happy birthday to Molly Murphy McGregor. Uh, her work in the field of multicultural women's history has been widely recognized, including awards from the National Education Association the U.S. Department of Education and the National Association for Multicultural Education and the Association for Gender Equality Equality Leadership in Education Training. Oh, my goodness. What a, what a resume. Let me give you a little bit of background. I mean, Molly Murphy McGregor, along with uh, several other women, and, that, and some of them have made their transition. Some of them are still here. Uh, in 1980, the National Women's History Project, which is now called the National Women's History Alliance, was founded right here in Santa Rosa, California, by Molly Murphy McGregor, along with Mary Rootstadter, who I knew very well, Maria Cuevas, beautiful, beautiful singer, and Paula Hammett and Betty Morgan, to broadcast women's historical achievements. 
the National Women's History Project, now called the National Women's History Alliance, started by reading a coalition that sex, uh, that leading a coalition that successfully lobbied contrast to designate March as National Women's History Month. What an accomplishment! Accomplishment, excuse me. Oh boy, I'll tell you, this is an exciting morning. Uh, happy, happy birthday, dear Molly Murphy McGregor. My claim to fame is that Molly and I went to Sonoma State together, and I remember when I remember when they first started the history project. It started with a women's slideshow on art, and I remember saying to Molly. You mean there's women artists? <laughs> I mean, we didn't even we don't we didn't even know our history until the women here in Sonoma County decided enough is enough, and we've got to bring it to the forth to the forefront. So, welcome. Excuse me. Happy birthday to you, Molly. May you have a blessed year and the rest of your life be blessed with only the best life has to offer. What a woman she is. And hopefully we'll have her on as I do every year during Women's History Month. Well, it is time to take a musical break. And I got to tell you something. This song that I found is one of the most beautiful songs that I've heard in a long time. It was actually written by Neil Young. And I heard it by him, and I thought, this is really a beautiful song. The lyrics are just absolutely stunning. I want you to listen. I'm going to play the whole song. It's a four-minute song, but I want you to hear it all. There's two There's two verses to it. And just listen to the words. I mean, the words are just, they're so impacting to me. But what happened was, is I thought, okay, maybe I liked it so much, and I thought it was a great song to, to integrate with the interview that I'm going to be having with Reverend Keel. But then all of a sudden I went on to YouTube and boom, this beautiful arrangement done by a group called the Frozen Heart, which is a group out of Germany. And I'm telling you, I must have listened to this song 20 times already. So I'm going to go ahead and play it. It's called Light the Candle, sung by Frozen Heart. Like I said, it was originally written by Neil Young. He does a good job too, but this, this is, this is really top. This is top. This is a top uh, arrangement. I, when we return, I will be talking with Dr. Reverend uh, Patricia Keel, who's a longtime student of metaphysics and a spiritual teacher in the mystical tradition. So let's go ahead, Ken, and listen to Light a Candle.
I just love this line. Instead of cursing in the darkness, light a candle for where we're going. There's something ahead worth fighting for. Woo, that just gives me this gives me the chills. And this other line is in the hallways of the ages on the road to history. What we do now will always be with us. That is such an important line. So I, that, I just have to let you know once again that's Light a Candle sung by Frozen Heart and you can listen to it on Facebook. I mean, it's just one of those, one of those rare songs. For you just joining us, you are listening to KBBF 89.1 FM Calistoga Santa Rosa. I want to remind my listeners the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of KBBF, its board of directors, its members and women's spaces. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. Without further ado, I want to introduce my guest. Joining me on the phone is Reverend Dr. Patricia Keel, who's a longtime student of metaphysical physics and a spiritual teacher in the mystical tradition. Welcome, Reverend Patricia. Welcome to Women's Spaces. Elaine, I'm so grateful to be with you this morning. It's really, really a powerful day for all of us. Something about Mondays in the new year. 
I know it's the first. This is the first show of the year. This is the first show of 2021. Well, before we begin, uh, it's okay that I do call you Patricia. Oh, please. You know, I'd please. like to tell. I'd like to tell our <laughs> listeners just a little bit about you. Is that okay? Go for it. Okay, Reverend Dr. Patricia <laughs> Keel is a longtime student of metaphysics and a spiritual teacher combining Western metaphysics with Eastern metaphysics. She believes that every woman, I love this, every woman carries with her, within her the wisdom, the insight, and inner strength to overcome challenges and create miracles in the world. Her work as a teacher, coach, speaker, and trainer spans over 30 years with diverse groups from all cultures, faiths, and traditions. Patricia was the founding minister of the Unity of Berkeley and is currently a frequent guest speaker at Unity Churches. And that's going to be over over Zoom. Her studies... In India, over the past 14 years, brings a unique depth in her work as East meets Western spirituality. And just as a little side note, I personally heard Reverend uh, Patricia speak, and I was so inspired that I wanted to bring her on to Women's Spaces. So welcome again. Welcome to Women's Spaces. Is there anything else that you would like to add? No, I just look forward to having a conversation with you because I think this is a very exciting time for us. And I truly believe this. Women, we're the we're the game changers here. Oh. We're the ones who are going to make a difference, oh, really. Boy. And as I said, I just believe that we have it within us, our intuition, our wisdom, and the, the power that women carry, not only individually but as a group, is going to transform consciousness, and that's going to transform the things that are showing up in the outer right now. So, blessings to be with you today, Elaine. Oh, ditto. Well, before we begin, before we begin talking about some some of the issues that we're going to talk about, I'd like you to talk a little bit about yourself. Give us a little background, you know, uh, what inspired you to all of a sudden to become a minister, and why unity? I mean, there's so many uh, uh, choices out there. So, give us just a little overview about yourself and, and what your motivation was. Okay, happy to do that. You know, um, it's interesting because I, I look back 30 years, and it's almost hard for me to remember who I was 30 years ago. My life was kind of a mess. I um, Recently, my father had passed away, and I was on my second divorce. I was dealing with alcohol as my coping strategy for uh, making me feel better in the world, and I was in a job that I didn't really love. I had my own real estate company, and financially it was doing well. But taking care of two kids as a single parent, it was just, um, I just felt really just off in my life. And I had the blessing of going to a 12-step meeting, and at that meeting, I met a woman who was everything I wanted to be. She was very calm. I was kind of like how women say now, a hot mess. That was me. Um, And I asked her, I said, whatever you're doing, please help me. I need help. And... She said, well, I go to this place. It's a spiritual center. It's it's not really like a religious place, but it is a church. You're welcome to come with me. And that was my first experience of walking into a unity meeting, a unity church meeting. It was actually in a Masonic hall, and I felt such a deep sense of coming home. It was a profound experience. There was a, a meditation that was part of the experience, and... I I couldn't stop. I just kept going and going. Every Sunday, I did everything I could. They had a noon meditation every day, 
in this little tiny building that they owned, and I would go every day at noon. And it literally began to change my life. And out of that experience of beginning to see that the world that I'd been trying to manage on the outside was a direct result of what was going on inside me, I became a licensed Unity teacher and ultimately did a lot in Unity before starting my own church in Berserkley, California. Got my doctorate with Matthew Fox, which was much more about global traditions. You got you got your you got your degree from Matthew Fox. Oh my goodness, Ken is flapping. (laughs) We love we love Matthew Fox. Matthew Fox is just the best. Yes, you know, and I had teachers like. Clarissa Piccola Estes, Brian Swim, uh, you know, Andrew Harvey, of course, Matt as well. But that's how I got my degree. Uh, and, and with a doctorate in ministry in the reinvention of work, it was all about bringing spirituality into the workplace. At any rate, you know, I just, to give a little background on unity, because I think that might be useful, would you like that? Oh, yes, definitely. Go ahead. Yeah, see, the thing about unity, and it's very, it's it's quite auspicious that this is a woman's, Women's spaces, because I really believe unity was started by a couple, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore. And Charles was, we could say, like the the left brain, the more analytical. He was the one who did a lot of the writing. He was very, very intuitive and, and very much the mystic. By that, I mean he was able to see beyond what we feel and know is what that, we that, think is hardcore reality. Can I say but just, was, let, let me just say something please. here. That's, yeah. kind, that's kind of how I feel about Ken. You know, Ken is, oh. Ken is that, he's the, you know, he's the one who does the computers and the engineer. I mean, we were off the air this morning, he got it all back on, you know, and he, he does the computer and all the, all the intellectual works. I just wanted to throw that in. So go ahead, continue. And what about Myrtle? Blessings to him. Well, the thing was, Myrtle, his wife, was, she was very ill. She had tuberculosis. Right. In those days, this is in the late 1800s, it was a death sentence. At, you know, you got TB and you died. But she had three young children, and she and Charles were very curious about metaphysics. And by that, for our listeners who may not know what I mean by that, and again, it's about the realm of spirituality. It, science knows that only 4% of what is experienced in the universe is actually physical. 96% of it is what we would call mystical. It's It's energy. And so Charles was very tuned into this, and Myrtle and Charles went to a lecture, and Myrtle heard this sentence that said, you are a child of God, you are part of the divine, and therefore you do not inherit sickness. So she began to understand the fact that sickness was not her divine nature. It wasn't how she came here on the planet. And after two years of prayer and meditation, she healed her body. And as a result of Myrtle's healing, Charles and Myrtle began this process that they didn't start a church. They started with publishing a magazine. You know, so it's like you. It's like you and Ken Elaine. You've got your radio show. We have different ways of getting the message out in the world. They had the magazine. It was called Modern Thought, and it came out in 1889. Oh, really? And then they started this prayer group called Silent Unity, which has been going on since I think a couple of years later, uh, every single day, there are millions of people who are contacting Silent Unity every year to get prayer support. Ultimately, they started a publishing company writing books and eventually had a school that where they began to teach the teachings they understood and started ordaining ministers. And, and that's where I basically became ordained as a unity minister. 
So that's kind of the background of Unity. Um, well, you know, it's really interesting because I found Unity through a book called Key to Yourself by Dr. Venice Bloodworth. And that was my first introduction. And then when they brought it to Santa Rosa, it was, it was amazing. It really was. And I had the honor of, of studying under... Uh, um, Marguerite and Warren Meyer, who were teachers, and that's what I found. I found that my inner world needed work. The outer world looked pretty good, but inside it was it was not it was not uh, all it should be. Well, thank you for explaining that because I think it's very important. It is, you know, it is for me for me personally it was an alternative to some of my own background where it wasn't as dogmatic. It was more to me more spiritual, more inner, more reflective of the self and how the self can move out and how the self can heal itself and become more productive in the world, which, 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 like you said, it happened to you that way, and I can attest that it happened to me that way also. So thank you so much for your explanation. I really appreciate that. But here we are. Here we are, Patricia. We're in 2021, the year we've all been waiting for. <laughs> and there's still confusion around the election. The pandemic is still here. So how is it, you know, let's start our conversation, is how do people tap into that spiritual level or that inner self, that power from within when you've got all this this frustration going out around you? So this is a beautiful, it's a beautiful question to explore together, Elaine. The teachings that were given in unity, and I have to say, having traveled to India more than 20 times and studying in a, a very powerful academy in India, I've come to understand that the teachings that Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, you know, who were really, they were grounded in, in Emerson, you know, Emerson and Thoreau and these people who were connected deeply into nature. These teachings are not, you know, 100 years old. They're thousands of years old. This understanding that the inner world, our inner world, the consciousness that we carry is what is creating the outer world that we live in. It's creating the forms. It's creating the patterns. It's creating the energy that causes us to feel emotion, strong emotions. It's coming from this this realm of what Fillmore would call thought. I call it consciousness. And And so when we take a look at our lives right now, and we look outside of that inner world. There's so many things that we can see that feel like they're off, they're not right. And part of what happens for us when, when we do that is it sets up internally this inner divide within us. And, you know, we have this picture like, oh, it's COVID. I should be able to go down and see my grandkids in Los Angeles. Because I love my grandkids, I want to see them grow up, they want to see me. All of the, my, the mind is telling me this, that this, this should be the way it is. But the reality is, that would not be a strong stance for me to take. If I continue to chew on that inner conversation, that inner conflict of, I want to go down, but I can't go down, what it does is it sets up an emotional field within me that is disturbed. Basically, I'm, I'm, I'm in a place of disturbance. And this is one of the things that, you know, when I look at the teachings of unity that are so, so powerful, unity teaches that we live in a field where we're connected to the divine, we're connected to this universal presence, and that that presence is within us. This is why I say that as women or as anyone, we have the capacity through our inner wisdom and inner guidance 
to transform the world outside through our transformed consciousness. Unity taught that we have this, this connection, each one of us, and they taught us that very specifically what's going on in our consciousness, the way they said it was thoughts in mind, those things we're thinking about come about in the outer, and that we have two, two, two tools to be able to essentially activate, manage, and understand and connect in with those thoughts that we're thinking, that consciousness. Those tools are prayer and meditation. Well, you know, and I, I think of that. Let me, yes, just, please, let, stop. Let, me, let me just throw a little story in here. Uh, I was studying with Warren one day, and I, could, I couldn't understand this concept. It was really bothering me. I kept, I kept asking lots of questions, and he, he got a little bit impatient with me. And then finally he said, just sit and relax. He said, think of a horrible thought. And I and he says now think of it a little bit deeper, and then he said now bring in a a, a, a butterfly or, or if there was some sort of uh, he said bring a butterfly came in and said to you to relax and everything's okay, and he minute I did that it was almost like I just switched my mind just switched and I was shocked because I went from all of a sudden feeling this disparity as I was telling him this horrible thing that happened, and then all of a sudden switching, I saw the power of my own mind, that I actually could yep. change it. And that if that simplified it for me. Oh, you mean I can change my mind? So I just wanted to put that in just to simplify it a little bit for people. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. We can change it. And the challenge was that, and it's just like when we say, oh, let go and let God. You know, we, we think, okay, right now I'm just going to let go of that thought that I'm upset that I want to do this and I can't do it. Or let go of that anger that I might have about what's going on in politics right now. Uh, let go of anger around what's happening in our country. There's so many things that are happening culturally that are really impacting us. They're, they're like in the collective consciousness and they're impacting us. What we have to really understand you know, I feel myself preaching here. I'm sorry, Elaine. Oh, that's okay. Keep going. No, no, no. We're all, listen, we're all preachers. No, don't worry about it. But, but, but what we have to understand is what is going on in the outer is it's, it's also happening within us in our own unique, very different, special way. You know, the kind of conflicts, the kind of things that we feel angry about in the outer, we've got that going on internally until we learn some some very simple tools to be like you you had that very very instant awareness of how carrying this kind of thought of something that made you angry or where you were unhappy how you could switch that the the issue is for most of us we can switch it for a moment but, but then it comes back in partly because we're so focused on looking at things in the outer we get caught up in this dichotomy swinging back and forth between this is good and this is not good. You know, this is what I want and this is what I don't want. But what we need to learn, and this is what I really got from my, you know, my time in, in, as a unity minister and then now with the work I'm doing with oneness, is until we can find that place of calm inside ourselves, from a place of calm inside ourselves, we're able to speak words we're able to take action that literally has power, that has strength, that has authority, that is done from a guidance of, of clarity and wisdom. 
as long as we're dealing with the conflicted mind that most of us live in most of the time, going back and forth, my, my partner Roy calls it the whoppity wop, where we just swing back and forth. But until we can get to that place of feeling a sense of peacefulness and calm, we aren't really able to make wise choices and right decisions. And for most of us, the choices we make, the, the words we speak, and sometimes the actions we take only create more problems in our lives. And so that's why, for me, the teachings of unity around prayer and meditation have been so powerful because uh, the ability to, to very quickly quiet the mind, to, you know, in, in the case of the story you had with Lauren Myers, it was the butterfly image for you quieted your mind for that moment. But we can quiet our mind. There's a few things, you know, and I'm, Happy to give our listeners a few little let's, tips on that. Let us, but I, but I want to just talk back and forth with you because it's more fun. <laughs> let us, let us hold that thought, and we're going to take a musical break. Is that okay with uh-huh. you? We're going to take a musical break, and I'm going to play one of my favorite songs. And I found out after talking to you the other night that this was also one of yours, called "I, I Can See Clearly Now," sung by Anne Murray. And I think that's what we're trying to do right now. We're trying to find ways to think more clearly, to think more calmly in times of of such chaos. And and the the good news, folks, is that. The reason it's important is because in order to be an activist, you have to kind of clear your mind so you can move forward with it. Otherwise, you're, otherwise you're stem, stymied by so much negativity, you feel it's hopeless. I mean, it's just, it's just really an interesting concept. So let's go ahead. We're going to play the song I can see clearly now sung by Anne Murray. And when we come back, I will continue my conversation with Reverend Dr. Patricia Keel. And it's, it's my hope that all of us out there are getting a lot of information from her. And I want you to know that you please feel free to email me at elaine at womenspaces.com. That's two S's in the middle. And if you have any questions or any concerns or if there was any confusion about our conversation, I'm happy to answer it for you. I'm happy to shoot her an email maybe and have her answer help me. But this is very important stuff that we're talking about, and I want to make sure that people are clear on exactly what we are trying to say. So let's go ahead, Ken. I can see clearly. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Bright, bright, 
what a perfect song for a rainy day. You know, when the cloud, when the rain clears and all of a sudden the clouds appear and then the clouds disappear and suddenly it's the blue sky. That's almost like our mind when we go through different situations. Well, welcome back. You are listening to Women's Spaces and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And I'm in conversation with Reverend Dr. Patricia Keel, who is a longtime student of metaphysics and a spiritual teacher in the, me- in the mystical tradition. And we've been talking about our inner world and how to overcome some of those negative thoughts, how to cope with what's going on inside. So, so Patricia, I thought, I thought what we would talk about now, since we're talking about how we can, we can cope more with what is going on in a more positive fashion, why not talk about some, what are some of the ideas that you have? You know, any specific exercises, books? What, what do you recommend for folks? Okay, that is right up my alley. <laughs> because you know, I want to be in your alley with you, and oh, I want to. I want to. My alley. I want to say one other thing that you know. This is live radio. No need to. No need to apologize. Just keep going. <laughs> so go ahead. Yeah. So yeah. So the thing is, I as much as I love metaphysics, which for many of us we can get caught up in trying to understand things. Like if you look at your story and you try to understand why you did this, you can have all these reasons and you can get really caught up in understanding, which again is the mental. Um, The same thing can happen with mystics. You know, we can have a mystical experience where we feel we're in some expanded state and we can get caught way out there. But what I love is when we use these understandings, we use these powerful teachings and they apply to our everyday life. So I feel happier in my life every day. I have a great relationship with my kids. I've healed the relationship with my ex-husband in a huge way after 25 years of getting emails that were all caps from him because he was so angry. All of these things, it only matters to me if I can really feel extraordinarily happy and connected in my relationship and feel like I'm living on purpose. And that's what I want for all of our listeners. That's what I want for for everyone. So I've learned some wonderful techniques. And what I what I kind of did was I had this program I call Fresh Start. And, you know, another time I can explain to you about why it's called Fresh Start. But I, I use the alphabet because everybody knows ABC. And, you know, I I feel like for me, Three things is about all I can hold. And the other advantage of three things is you don't set up a polarity with two things. I thought, why isn't it just called the ABs? You know, why do kids learn the ABCs? I think part of it is because there's this connection that's made. So I want to kind of share something with our listeners and then take us through a little process if you're up for that. Go right ahead. So, so... My ABCs are really simple. For me, A is about awareness. It's about awareness of what is going on inside of us. And for most of us, we can figure out what's going on outside and how we want to change it. But looking inside to see what's the state I'm in right now? What's my state of consciousness right now? Am I distressed? Am I thinking about what am I thinking about that's causing this emotional upset that's happening? So awareness is a key thing for us. That's our A. The second thing is breath. And, you know, our breath is what really connects us to the limitless field of consciousness. The air that we breathe comes in through the physicality of our body. And there's so many different ways that we can activate the breath and use the breath to literally calm down the activity of the mind. 
It's quite an interesting teaching that I've gotten from India, and that is that if you slow down your breath, it will calm the mind. If you calm the mind, it will slow down your breathing. And so what I love to do is I love to give people a couple really easy breath practices to calm down. Um, but we're going to do C first, and then I'll come back to B. So C is all about connection. And connection is critical for us, no matter what it is that we are trying to co-create in the universe, whether it's something that we're upset about, if we're upset about the election, part of that is about what we hold as powerful connection, what we love, what we, what we deem everyone else should, should have in their life. We're looking at justice. So connection is about the connection I have with myself, my inner connection. It's about the connection I have with others. And it's the connection that I also have with that which is greater than myself. I call it God, the divine presence, light, whatever you want to call it. So coming back to the breath. Before, just, be, before you go there, I just, I just want to remind yeah. you that we are on very tight time. So we've got about eight minutes left. No uh, problem. This is a three-minute practice. Okay, go ahead. Continue. Yeah. So, so when we're breathing, one of the things that we can do to really, really calm the mind down is to slow down the exhalation of our breath. So when we inhale, inhaling through the nose, and slowly, slowly exhale. Just take a moment and try that for yourself. Maybe close your eyes and do it. Just inhaling. Say you count one, two, exhale, four, three, two, one. Inhale, one, two. Exhale, four, three, two, one. What you've done is you've literally calmed the body immediately. And as you do that, the mind begins to calm down. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to teach a little uh, practice. We call it the 911 practice, kind of like, ah, oh, there's an emergency. I'm feeling really stressed. You know, maybe you have a conversation you need to have with somebody that you're not really sure how it's going to come out because you're feeling really anxious or you're angry and you need to have a conversation with your partner about something. Rather than going to a strategy that somebody taught you, try the 911 meditation and tune into your own inner wisdom and your own insight and intuition from a calm place. So I'm going to tell you what the practice is, and then we'll just go through it very quickly. Are you okay with that, Elaine? Or oh, do we have sure. Some other no, that's fine. To... I'm just watching okay, this. Okay. So the practice is that the first thing we're going to do is we're going to take three conscious breaths. And those are going to be those breaths where you exhale a little longer than your inhalation. And then I'm going to ask you to be aware of whatever emotion you're experiencing at the moment. Just aware of that emotion. And for some of us, that's hard to get specific on it, but maybe you notice a place in the body where you're feeling a little bit of fluttering or disturbance. And from that place, you can figure out what that emotion is. The next thing I'm going to ask you to do is to look at the direction of your thoughts. Are you thinking about something that happened in the past and kind of dragging it into this moment? Maybe you're angry about something. Maybe you had a situation with someone that you didn't like and you're, you're just chewing on it over and over, trying to recreate history. Or maybe you're worried about something that's going to happen in the future. So your mind is pulled way out into the future and you're creating some chaotic possibilities with your imagination. Or maybe you're in the present moment. So we're going to take a look really just briefly. What's the direction of my thinking? 
Then I'm going to ask you to imagine or to feel a tiny little flame right in between your eyebrows. So right there in front of your forehead and that space between the eyebrows to imagine a little tiny flame. Some people can see it, other people feel it. And then you're going to gently pull that flame right into the center of your head and just let it sit there for a few moments. So we're going to do the exercise right now. Call it 911. I invite you if you're not driving your car and if right. you're able to close, <laughs> close your eyes. <laughs> right. The, the, the drivers just listen. Okay. Listen. Okay. Go yeah. ahead, Patricia. Take, take a nice deep breath and inhale and slowly exhale. One more time, inhaling in and slowly exhale. And one more time, nice inhalation, and exhale slowly. And now bring into your awareness a particular emotion that you're feeling right now. And getting as specific as you can with the quality of that emotion. And become aware of the movement of your thinking. Are your thoughts back in the past? Are you obsessing about the past? Or have you projected some kind of chaotic future? Or are you in the present moment? Just notice, that's all, past, future, present. And now bring your attention to that space between your eyebrows and imagine or feel a tiny flame in the center of your eyebrows. And slowly bring the flame back into the center of your head. And hold it there for a few moments. And when you're ready, bring a gentle smile to your face. <laughs> yes, we're definitely smiling. Open your eyes. So, Elaine, how was that experience for you? It was it was absolutely wonderful. As I'm sitting here, you know, I was the only problem I was having. I was having problem looking at the time because I'm a little bit concerned about it because we've come to the end of our segment right now. But what the feeling that I had was is that I felt very present and I felt more calm. Where at the beginning of the interview, I was very you know. So it's it it really is helpful. And I'm going to ask you if you can. Send me that uh, that meditation, and we will put it on women's spaces so people can have a copy of it and they can look at it. So we're at the. I actually have a link for it too. I have a. a I've created it as an audio as well, so oh. I can send you that. Okay, send the link, and we will put it. We will definitely put it on women's spaces. www.womenspaces.com. Well, we're at the end of our segment here, and I mean, this has been an absolutely wonderful conversation, and lots to think about, and lots to learn. Uh, give us any last words you have and give us your websites and any talks that you might be doing or anywhere that people can see you or experience some of the inf- other information that you put forward. Oh. 
Well, I just want to say I'm really grateful to be able to share today. And I just feel the power of our consciousness is so much grander than most of us imagine. And that when we're able to really get ourselves in a place of calm, the way we show up in the world is completely different than when we show up from that confused place or discombobulated or angry um, or, or wanting it to be different than it is. Even wanting it to be different is, is a very stressful state. So I love the, the 911 meditation, and I also love the idea that we can use the breath to literally bring ourselves into a calm place, take a minute and just breathe more slowly. So I have a lot of things happening in the new year. I'm doing a, uh, I have a website, patriciakeel.com, and I had to call GoDaddy this morning because I couldn't get into my website, so there you go on that one, um, but it still works. I do a daily meditation every day, and everyone is welcome to that meditation. I can send you the link. It's my Zoom. I have right now 40, 45 people that join me every morning, 8 o'clock California time, and I'm happy to have anybody who want to join us. It's a group from people all over the world, all over the world. Anyway. Um, I'm doing a challenge in January, a five-day. It's a free challenge. And, again, I'm using ABCs and giving people more tools to really use these principles in daily, everyday experiences around their career, around their relationships. And the link for that, I made a tiny URL, T-I-N-Y-U-R-L dot com. Okay, Forward. Patricia, we are coming Check. right now. The top, the clock is ticking, so if you could send me all that information, I'll particularly on the, on the free seminar, and we will have it on the air. Anyway, Perfect. thank you so much, Reverend Dr. Patricia Keel, for being such a wonderful, wonderful guest. You've been listening to Women's Spaces. I am your host, Elaine B. Holtz. A special reminder, it will be online on www.womenspaces.com. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to being with you the next time. Feelings, all oh, the woman in your life, she can feel so easily. She knows everything you do because the woman in your life is you. And who is sure to give you courage? And who will surely make you strong? Take you home now, the woman in your life. She can wait so easily. She knows everything you do because the woman in your life is you. Because the woman in your life, the woman in your life, the woman in your life is The previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, January 4th, 2021.